Hello, and welcome to The Corporate Casket, a bi-weekly series where bad businesses go to die. We'll discuss any and everything from bad charities, terrible CEOs, and businesses that have a lot to hide. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're gonna be talking about a shady yet really common and semi-controversial business practice called the pink tax. A lot of people see this and initially just go, oh, pink products that cost a little bit more than their red or blue counterparts or those products that are special editions. And we'll get into that to some extent, but it's not about the color so much, but more about the gender-based price discrimination. And that's something I've wanted to talk about for a bit now. And I think just right now is it's time to shine. Also, as an aside here, I know that while a lot of these products are labeled as women's products, or though these products say women often pay more than men, you don't have to be a woman to use them. This pink tax applies to products that are targeted towards women, but it affects anyone who uses them, a gender non-conforming person, a man, no matter how you identify. So even though a well-known example of this is a sparkly pink scooter that costs $25 more than a red scooter, it's called Girls My First Scooter, this pink tax would apply to a little boy that also liked the color pink too. So I just wanted to put that out there now. It's things from an old world or an old mindset of marketing that women have to like pink, even though if like total tangent here right off immediately. The color pink used to be considered like for guys, it was considered more masculine, dominant and all that kind of stuff. And blue was the passive color. And so it's only even recently that pink became like the woman's color. And this pink tax is just like literally falling in the footsteps of that like thought process. So this is kind of an old school mindset way to think about things that boys have to have blue or black and girls have to have pink. And and that's all what this is really about. The point is, is that marketing from companies determined that pink means girls now, and that means we make girls pay this because it's especially designed for women and therefore they can charge more. So that's what we're getting into in today's episode. So let's jump into it. One day you realize you're not going to be 21 forever, yet you always want to look your best. That's the time many women discover a secret, oil of Olay. And it goes on dry. I did everything you said, but my boss still hasn't asked me to lunch. Brilliant colors encased in moisture emerge from the deep. Moisture with the color, revealing rich rubies, pink pearls. The KitchenAid Stand Mixer. Swiffer 360 Duster's Extender gets into hard to reach places without. Get ready, get set, because here comes Evelyn Patrick to take you out of this world and into a sensational new world of color. Evelyn? Won't you come with me to this flowering... Let's begin with the history behind the pink tax because it isn't anything new. Laura Strasfeld, the co-founder of periodequity.org, states it's been around for years. Since the U.S. drafted the sales tax system, in fact, when legislators were determining which items were tax exempt and which weren't. Other sources cite specific examples, how in 1994, the state of California found that women pay $1,351 more per year than men do on goods and services. Spending habits alone don't mean much. They vary between individuals, but since these are the exact same goods and services, it's worth looking into. And $1,300 is no small number after all. Like, yeah, I have longer hair and I care about maintaining it and keeping it clean. So I probably use a little bit more shampoo and conditioner and product in general than, you know, men that have shorter hair. But that super generalized statement, like hell, I'm sure there's guys out there that use more product than I do. And there's guys with long hair, gals with short hair, like this, you know what I mean? Like even that just whatever, I'm just gonna dig myself into a repetitive hole where I'm like, just none of this makes sense, but okay. 
the point that I'm trying to make here is that the argument can sometimes be made, or I should say has been previously made that, oh, women spend more money on shampoo because they have longer hair than men. And the reality is there are women with short hair, there are guys with long hair, and yet women in general still pay more. So why is that? There's one study that I noticed was consistently cited from the start of my research, and that was from New York City's Consumer Affairs Report in 2015. So obviously if this one's being quoted and mentioned multiple times over, then it obviously did catch my eye because why wouldn't I wanna know where all of these opinion things are getting their sourcing from? So right to the source, let's get to it. Anyway, in the findings section of the Department of Consumer Affairs, they analyzed five industries, 24 stores, 91 brands, 35 product categories, and 794 products in total. And here's what they found. On average, across all five industries, DCA found that women's products cost seven cents more than similar products for men, specifically 7% more for toys and accessories, 4% more for children's clothing, 8% more for adult clothing, 13% more for personal care products, 8% more for senior home healthcare products. In all but five of the 35 product categories analyzed, products for female consumers were priced higher than those for male consumers. Across the sample, DCA found that women's products cost more 42% of the time, while men's products cost more 18% of the time. In every industry, products for female consumers were more likely to cost more. Specifically, girls' toys cost more 55% of the time, while boys' toys cost more 8% of the time. Girls' clothing cost more 26% of the time, while boys' clothing cost more 7% of the time. Women's clothing cost more 40% of the time, while men's clothing cost more 32% of the time. Women's personal care products cost more 56% of the time, while men's products cost more 13% of the time. Senior home healthcare products cost more for women 45% of the time and cost more for men 13% of the time. Now, I get that some examples are unavoidable. There are certain cases where this could make sense, sure. But aside from the pink scooter, there's a shark helmet that's marketed for boys at $15 and a really similar unicorn helmet marketed for girls at $28. It's nearly double the cost, but for what? Pink paint instead of blue? That puff of unicorn fur? I love sharks, so yeah, I'd get the shark helmet anyway. But, you know, why would it matter if you love unicorns and that you have to pay more? It doesn't say that it's a special or limited edition, nothing like that. It would be one thing if this happened with just helmets and there was a shortage on pink dye somewhere. But for children's shirts, the difference was 13%, jeans, 8%, pants, 9%, onesies, 4%, sweaters, 6%. Every single category, products targeted towards young girls cost more. However, Market Watch had a bit of a different take on this. In 2016, one of their articles stated that one estimate on a British survey resulted in girls costing maybe $200 extra a year, not as much as you'd think with those percentages. They even went on to add, other research finds that boys cost more. A survey of 1,000 parents by British bank Halifax Bank found that boys cost an average of roughly 1,700 per year more to raise than girls through the age of 11, a fact they attribute in part to the fact that boys put a lot of wear and tear on their clothes and sports equipment, which often need replacing. There's plenty of debate about how toys became gendered in the first place, let alone the whole pink aisle in toy stores costing 7% more. I say, hey, that shark helmet looks pretty badass. And if a kid wants that, then they can have it. Why does it matter if it's a boy or a girl? Now, kids products are just one aspect of pink tax, however, and it's not the most widely discussed either. 
I think the example I see talked about most often is shaving products. It's a simple product, a razor with a handle. So there's not really any justification for women's razors costing more unless there's some serious differences between them. And yet here we are anyway. In 2018 on NPR, two hosts had a discussion comparing razors found at Walgreens in New York City. And the price per unit wasn't just a 7% difference, but a 100% difference. The women's razors went for double for the exact same thing for men. Now, I went back to serious basics for this. Even if I really doubt NPR would lie about something like this, I wanted to, again, do my own research. I wanted to see just how prevalent this pink tax is when I'm directly looking for it. After all, I am very happy to be proven wrong if I am. So I started with Walmart because, well, why not? They're one of America's largest retailers and the pink tax, if it's that apparent, I figured we'd be bound to see it there. On their website, they have a Gillette Sensor 2 disposable razor pack that is apparently for men, I guess because it's blue. It just, you know, it's got that manly color. So avert your eyes, ladies. It's only men's razors here. These packs range from just over 60 cents each to 86 cents for ones that pivot. So fancy. Gillette's most expensive refills were maybe $4.30 each. And then on the lower end, you had ones for about $2.25 each. Now onto the Gillette for ladies. The Gillette Daisy disposable razors were 56 cents each, pink and everything. And the women's razors from Gillette Venus were $2.49 each, while other refills similar to men's were closer to $4. So women's razors were more fancy because they have that comfort glide soap thing on it, I guess. So can I definitively say that razors at Walmart are subject to this pink tax? Not necessarily anyway, just hold on because we'll get there. This example, it looks pretty on par. As for shaving creams, Walmart's similar shaving creams also didn't reveal any pink tax issues unless you wanted an Olay Ultra Moisture Swirl one. At Target, the women's Up and Up brand was $2.99 for four razors. And then the same Target brand had an eight count pack of men's disposable razors for $4.89. So if that's the case, the men's option is obviously cheaper, but weirdly enough, the same replacement cartridges for count for a five blade are a lot cheaper for women, at least on their website. At about this point, I got a bit suspicious. I've been seeing the pink tax with my own eyes in stores. So did it just end and I wasn't aware of it? No, but something fishy is absolutely going on. One of Target's most well-known pink tax controversies was with their laxatives. I remember this photo going viral last year when a green box of comfort coating laxatives up and up brand cost under half as much as the same damn thing, but in pink. Seriously, the only difference seems to be that one had the label women's on it. And that's a little bit ridiculous, right? There's also photographic proof of Gillette, the razors again, charging up to double for their Venus women's razors in stores. A Gillette five pack with four refills is $12, but for the Gillette Venus five, again, four refills, it's $24. And for the Gillette Venus extra smooth, again, a pack of four, it's $20, five bucks each. And if you're telling me it's because that tiny extra smooth feature is the reason why it costs more, well, the Gillette sensor for men was still significantly cheaper on refills and it pretty much has the same little tiny extra smooth feature. So you can throw that theory right out the window. Back to Target we go to figure out what the hell is going on here. Was it just this one store? Well, here's the thing. Online, a four pack of Venus Extra Smooth costs $17.99, the same as four pack Men's Pro Glide. 
So the same pack for women is more expensive. So what's the answer? Does it cost more or the same? Now, I could sit here and look at razor prices all day, but I had a gut feeling that the prices online wouldn't tell the same story as they might in person. I needed to find this one out for myself, and what better way to see evidence of pink tax than just going to Target and looking at it? Besides, I needed to see if they had any more of those Chester hot fries because I'm addicted to those damn bitches. First of all, I'll admit this Target's a little overpriced, but even if this is the case, their products weren't as equal or comparable as they are online. Anyway, the same four pack that I saw online here in person was $19.49 and it's almost $2 more. Whereas although the men's section was actually out of a lot, their prices were pretty much the same around the $17 or $18 mark. Now that's only $2. It's just over 10% more. Sure, some might say that, but the fact that it's still present is just a hair irritating and those dollars and cents do add up. The average total pink tax is 7% on one bill. It may not be an exorbitant amount, but over a lifetime, that's tens of thousands in these affected areas. Frankly, if the men's side is cheaper for a really similar razor, fuck it, I'm buying the men's razors. If you wanna pay a couple dollars more for the color pink, then go for it. But for me, I would much rather care about having my dolphin legs than whether or not my razor was pink or black. Now, there's been plenty of other examples over the years as well, from women's earplugs at Walgreens to kits from Ace Hardware that are literally just a different color. Guess they're taking the name pink tax pretty literally here. However, another large part of this that cannot be ignored is the tampon tax. And it's not like there's a direct comparison for men here, but it falls under this pink tax umbrella in a lot of my sources, and it's not hard to see why. The LA Times said this in a 2019 article. If the government were to require that only men or only women had to pay a tax of several hundred dollars a year solely because of their sex, that would be an unconstitutional denial of equal protection under the 14th Amendment. Yet that is exactly the effect of the so-called tampon tax. Currently, residents of 35 states must pay sales tax on purchases of tampons and pads because they are not deemed necessities worthy of an exemption. And that's in addition to the roughly five to $10 for these products that women have to shell out each month. States collectively profit upwards of $150 million a year from taxing menstrual products. In California alone, women pay $20 million annually. Although many states considered creating tax exemptions this spring, only one permanent exemption was approved. Over the holiday weekend, Rhode Island Governor Raimondo signed a new state budget, which included a provision approved by the legislature to make menstrual products sales tax exempt starting in October. The issue also became a matter of fiscal negotiations in California. Back in May, Governor Gavin Newsom wrote the cost of implementing a tax exemption for menstrual products into his proposed budget. The catch, it would only last for the duration of the budget for two years. That move was backed by the legislature, which had been trying unsuccessfully to pass a permanent exemption into law since 2016. The governor signed the budget on June 27th. And tampons or period products, tampons, pads, diva cups, whatever you use, they are a necessity. I'm pretty sure that's something just about everyone can agree to. According to the US Department of Housing and Urban Development Annual Homelessness Assessment Report, Shelters report that menstrual products are some of the most requested yet least donated products. Menstrual products go fast. Tampons need to be changed every four to eight hours. That's a bare minimum of nine tampons if you change it every eight hours and a period only lasts three days. Though, I mean, let's be real here. Studies show that women use 240 tampons per year and that number isn't gonna work for everyone. That's just a lot of products. 
Anne M. Rios, Esquire Executive Director of Think Dignity, says that for many, the cost of these products are prohibitive. And when deciding whether or not they're going to eat or buy menstrual products, the majority of folks will choose eating. This leads to unsanitary practices like using old socks, rags, or clothes as pads, which can lead to significant health risks like HPV and incontinence, she said. The tax may not be cost prohibitive to some, but for people scraping by and pinching pennies, it adds up and it does make a difference. The pink tax is more than razors, at least in this case, there's another option. It's not as if a men's razor isn't going to work for a woman. Plus there's even delivery services now that are gender neutral like Athena Club so that you can just use whatever you want. It doesn't matter, they'll deliver it. They don't care who you are, what you got, what you're working with, they don't care. It's just, here's a good razor delivered to your door. Which by the way, let's take a moment to thank today's sponsor of this episode. It's finally warming up. It's finally looking beautiful again. People are getting vaccinated. It's a fantastic time to finally be able to say, maybe we can go outside this summer. And I do not wanna go outside this summer with my deer legs. Okay, you guys feel me? I don't have dolphins. I have deer legs right now and I would like dolphins. And that's where Athena Club comes in. So obviously I went hunting for a razor that makes shaving uncomplicated. It's super gentle. It leaves my skin moisturized, smooth, and bump free. And this razor is it. Athena Club's razor has thousands of five-star reviews and myself included, and it's designed with built-in skin guards and an innovative handle to help prevent razor burn while being gentle on curves. Athena Club has the dreamiest shave foam and that is finally back in stock. So I am stockpiling that shit in case it sells out again. It's only $9 and it comes with your choice of handle color, an extra blade head and a magnetic hook for easy shower storage. I have this light blue like teal color. And again, like I said, the theme here is dolphins. And let me tell you, dolphins is in and I'm living for it. I don't know why when I like refer to smooth skin, I say dolphins, but that's my gig. But this razor is awesome. It stores away nicely on your shower wall. So it's not taking up space where I need like my shampoo and conditioner to be. And it actually works and it's gentle. It doesn't nick my skin, which is also super important. So if you wanna get started today with the Athena Club razor kit, make sure to go to athenaclub.com and use promo code casket for 20% off. Again, that's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with promo code casket for 20% off. This episode is also sponsored by Mint Mobile. And you guys know the deal. I love Mint Mobile. I talk about them all the time. Mint Mobile starts at 15 bucks a month for premium wireless service. The catch, again, you guys know it, there is none. It's simply that they don't have any brick and mortar stores. So they don't have to spend the money on that extra overhead to own one of those stores. And that means they don't have to charge as much for their service, which means you get the same amazing premium service for not as much money. Again, I've been having a fantastic time. I got the Motorola Razor. I'm not sponsored by Motorola, but I'm obsessed with the damn thing. Okay, come on guys, a touchscreen flip phone and it has amazing service attached to it. I don't have problems with calls dropping or texting issues or any of that. It's amazing. And when I ordered the service, the SIM kit and the phone came in, in I think like three or four days. And that's because it was delayed on shipping. And I was like, sis, it's delayed on shipping and it only took three to four days. It was super quick. And of course you can keep your own phone number along with all your existing contacts. You do not have to get a new phone if you don't want to. I did, but you do not have to. You can literally transfer the phone you're using right now into Mint Mobile. If you wanna get started with your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, make sure you go to mintmobile.com casket. 
That's mintmobile.com slash casket. Make sure to cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month by switching to Mint Mobile at mintmobile.com slash casket. Just to add insult to injury to that last bit about razors and shavers and all of that, a 2018 campaign live also reported this. Men's products such as Viagra and erectile dysfunction medicine, which is a prescription drug, isn't taxed in any state except Illinois. Rogaine, a product for male hair loss, is exempt from tax in eight states because it is an over-the-counter treatment and doesn't require a prescription. Four states have qualified exemptions for non-prescription medications that Rogaine does not appear to qualify for. Year ago, I'm a bummer. I'm seeing hair here and hair there, so I started using Rogaine. Simple, safe, clinically proven. So again, I'm not gonna say start taking Viagra and Rogaine should be taxed, but if they aren't, then why would tampons? Now, one of the most vocal politicians speaking up about this is California Senate Representative Jackie Speer. Her name came up in a ton of my research and I couldn't really talk about the pink tax and not include her. She's worked tirelessly to pass bills that end gender-based price discrimination, namely Assembly Bill Number 1088, the Gender Tax Repeal Act. The bill states that tailors, barbers, hairstylists, dry cleaners, and laundry businesses can't discriminate based on a person's gender. Standard services need to cost the same, in other words. So I expect to get charged more for a haircut if I want styling and layers and all that than someone who would want a simple trim, which by the way, I'm the simple trim weirdo, but that's because of the service being requested, not my gender. Though this passed in the 90s, it's not nearly the end of things. Jackie Spear's website, spear.house.gov, published on April 3rd, 2019 that, Today, Congresswoman Jackie Speer and Congressman Tom Reed introduced HR 2048, the Pink Tax Repeal Act, a bipartisan bill with 50 co-sponsors. The act will end gender-based discrimination in the pricing of goods and services by allowing the Federal Trade Commission to enforce violations. It also gives state attorney general the authority to take civil action on behalf of consumers wronged by discriminatory practices. For products and services that do not differ in the labor, materials, and related costs of production, it is unfair to charge more based on the gender of the consumer to whom it is marketed, said Richard Holliber, executive director of the Consumer Federation of California. The Consumer Federation of California is proud to support Rep Spears' efforts to prohibit gender-based discrimination in pricing. Women and their families deserve public policy that promotes their economic well-being, but the New York City Department of Consumer Affairs study highlights a pricing scheme that contains blatant gender discrimination, said Saria Khan, CEO of the Women's Foundation of California. Rep Spears' legislation rightly states that women should not have to pay more for a razor simply because it is pink. Despite near equality in numbers, according to Bloomberg, women make more than 85% of the consumer purchases in the United States and repeatedly influence over 95% of total goods and services purchased. Women as a whole are considered more sophisticated shoppers than men, taking longer to make a buying decision. There's some other issues I have with this Money Crashers article. It's a little weird how they group women into how they shop and how they say one third of shoppers who are safe and practical are poised women. It's like they're trying to write a horoscope, but instead of star signs with personalities, it's spending habits. But you know, hey, I'll take the statistics. In general, women shop more. That's just a fact. Whether or not it applies to you is your business. So companies, even if it's a laxative company apparently, are going to try and take advantage of that. But by painting everything with a pink brush to try and be more appealing to women, it can also be a giant turnoff. 
especially when they jack up the prices for a color. If we're considered such sophisticated shoppers, maybe don't insult my intelligence by placing two near identical items next to each other and say one is the women's label and it costs more, all because of a pink color. Also kind of a funny example here, I recently went to a drugstore to get more deodorant and I found that the Old Spice brand was significantly cheaper than whatever the hell secret brand or whatever it was that they had. So I found an Old Spice one that I love and I had to buy it. It's called Wolfthorn and it smells like fruit punch. So suck it, pink tax. The purpose of this episode though, and I want to make this abundantly clear, isn't to tell you not to buy pink things. No matter who you are, if you want to pay extra for the color pink, you do you. Personally, I'm doing my best not to support that practice. And if I see something that's being thrown at me that I think is blatantly like the color pink and for women only, and there's an upcharge to it, I'm gonna try to avoid it. Sometimes it seems like there are no alternatives, but I feel like it's getting better as the years go on. So at least it's like, you know, a small push in the right direction. I still found this pretty interesting, even though there's not too much that we're able to really conclusively explore and see happening like and evolving. A lot of this is still new after all, and one of the first states to ban the tampon tax, New York, didn't even do so till 2016. It's a good start, like I said, but it's not good enough. So it needs just a little bit more awareness. But with all of that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode. Thank you so much for watching another episode of The Corporate Casket. I know this one was a little bit shorter, but I still found it to be relevant and important to share. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you're listening so that you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes. I upload multiple episodes every single week. So thank you again for making it to another episode. Love you guys, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.